Hello, 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 welcome, welcome, welcome. I'm glad you could join us. My name is Dan. I'm your friendly fishmonger at dancefish.com. And before we get started tonight, it's been a busy day. A moment of zen. Or just this. Okay, now we're ready. <laughs> um, we're going to start with our shipping report. It's not as good as I normally have, but it is what it is. We'll go over that with you. Then I want to tell you about the Congo order and an exciting order coming next week. Catch you up on what's going on here at dancefish.com. And then we'll get to all your questions and comments. And not to forget the giveaway. So we have a what I think is a really cool giveaway, a very underrated barb that I want to talk about a little bit before we get going. Ah, but first the shipping report, just a moment. Mmm. Oh, that's funny. One drink of water and it's like, yeah, 50% better instantly. Hey, Punchy Paints. Hey, Kaylor's Aquatics. Nice to see the mods here. Thanks for everything you guys do. Appreciate you. And did I just see... Rick May. Hey, Rick. I hope you're doing well. Rick, if you get a chance, I'm going to need more fish soon, my friend. <laughs> okay, let's get to the shipping report. So, it like seems bad, and it kind of is, but then it kind of isn't. So, uh, let me go over it, and then I'll tell you what's going on. So, we have some Pseudomugil, no, just one, not some, a Pseudomugil Paluticola that died after it arrived. I don't know that case in personal detail. I've been running around like a chicken with my head cut. No, not like a chicken with my head cut off. I've been very focused, but I've been running around very, very busy. But one of uh, one Paluticola, one Copper Rasbora, one Kubatai Rasbora, two Rummy Nose Rasbora, and two Radnocentris. And then there's one other problem we're having, which is there is someone who bought uh, a chill... Well, a lot of people bought Chilotherina centeniensis, but one person got one and the jaw's damaged, like to the point where they can't even close their jaw, which is very strange. So I wonder if what happened is it got startled and like banged into the glass really hard and, and we didn't realize it. And sometimes when they do that, the injury won't show up instantly. Sometimes it takes a little while before it shows up. I'm not sure, but obviously there's something wrong with, with its mouth. I, Hopefully it pulls through. Don't know. So that sounds really bad, right? That's uh, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven fish that we shipped since we saw you guys last Wednesday that did not survive shipment or died shortly after shipment. And then we have one fish that's uh, a worry that has been reported to us by our customers. So that seems like a lot. That's eight fish. And it is. It's, it's way more than we want. But let's keep in mind that if we take that as a percentage of the total fish that we sent out, it's going to be, well, it's going to be less than 1%. We're, we're shipping a whole lot of fish. So, yes, eight fish is, is a lot to lose in one week. It's something we don't want to do. But it's less than 1% of all the fish that we ship out. So, let's just keep that in mind. I, I debate whether as we go forward I want to do an item by item. <laughs> like... Because as we sell more and more fish, right, there's going to be more losses, even though it's a very small percentage. You ship more, there's more losses. And we have, we're shipping enough fish right now, by the way, to keep six people working all day long 
pretty much every day, all week long. So if you can imagine six people just packing fish, caring for fish, getting fish ready for pack, packing them and sending them, it's a lot of fish we're sending out. So I don't want it to get to the point where the beginning of every live stream is like, like eight fish, that's, that's a lot to say. As we keep shipping more and more fish, just statistically, that's going to grow and grow. And so I think the reason I like saying every individual fish that, that I know of that's had a problem is because then, then everyone knows that we're being honest, right? Because if I miss a, miss a fish or don't report accurately, then someone who, who is watching who lost a fishing shipment that I did not mention, or I'm trying to pad the numbers or, you know, make it seem better than it is, or, you know, if I was to do any of those things, they could call me out right here live and say, like, actually, I told you that I lost all these fish and you didn't even mention them. What's up, bro? Right? And so that's why I've been doing it this way for years. But I think as that number grows, just because the number of fish we're shipping grows, so statistically that's going to happen no matter how good we are, then that's going to start, like, we're just getting started here. We have, we're expanding quite a bit. We're going to be shipping more and more fish rapidly. And so <laughs> I don't want to get to the point where it's like the first half an hour of every stream is just this laundry list of fish that didn't make it, even though it's only like a tiny, tiny, less than 1% of all the fish or something like that. So I'm trying to think of the best way to do that. I, I might get to the point where I just um, share the percentage or something like that. Hopefully, after all these years of me doing this this way, people understand that we're not hiding anything, that we're being transparent. So that's, uh, that's something that's going on in my head. How do, how do I handle that? But anyway, that's the shipping report and my thoughts about it and how to continue in the future. I'm not quite sure the best way to do it. I, I really like the you cannot hide, you have to be honest approach. But I also can see how the top of every live stream, if that starts getting longer and longer, it could be a real downer. So, so anyway, that's on my mind. With that, though, with the shipping report done, and by the way, my apologies to any customers who had any problems. I'm, I'm sure we're taking care of you. I guess there's, yeah, I guess let's, uh, let's move on. And usually we get it right. Usually we, we take care of the customer correctly. Every now and then we get it wrong. And there is a case this week where I misread a situation with a customer. I misread it really badly. And uh, that customer, if you're watching, you know who you are. Just, man, I'm sorry again. Just, I, I just misread the whole situation. So, um, anyway, usually though everything goes smoothly with the fish and smoothly with the customer service. I think that Johnny generally does a really, really good job, and we're happy to have you, Johnny, if you're watching. With that, everyone's human, though. I mean, I'm sure he makes mistakes sometimes. I know I made a big one this week, so you know everyone screws up sometimes. Anyway, with that, let's get to the giveaway. I think this is a super cool giveaway. This is a checkered barb. It's a fun scientific name to say. Are you ready? Oleoteus oligolepis. Oleoteus oligolepis. It is just a funny name all around, I think. 
But anyway, this is the checkered barb or checkered board barb is they're sometimes called. They're, they're called that because of, as you see, this kind of checkering pattern on the fish. The scales are half black, half light. So you get that checkered pattern. They also get some nice red on the fins, like a deep, I don't know, what would you call that? A reddish rust, like rust, but not ugly rust. Pretty rust. <laughs> Maybe a... I'm not sure exactly what you would call that. And they don't get too big, and they're quite peaceful. We have ours in, we've kept ours with, with other species without any problems. Now, if you have a long fin betta, they might nip. Or if you have a, a fancy guppy with a long tail, they might nip. I don't know. I haven't tried it. I, I tend not to do that with barbs. But they might be okay as well. Anyway, really cool. Oh, see, this one says it's, the genus is Puntius. And... Uh, Back in the day, it was like every barb used to be called Puntius because they didn't know what they were. And so if they found a barb, they called it Puntius. But since then, there's been some work done. So now it's Oleotius. Anyway, if you'd like to win a group of these, and I'm not sure what size bag they'll need, depending on if we have to put them in uh, one of our larger bags or our smaller bags, we'll send you probably either three to six of them, something like that. Peaceful barb doesn't get too big, and a lot of personality comes up. You know, they, they, they're like a wet pet. They're small, but they're like a wet pet in a way in that they'll follow you around and want you to feed them and interact with you. So, or at least react to you. <laughs> Puffers maybe interact with you. These more like maybe just react. Let's, let's not go too far, Dan. So, if you'd like to win a group of those, then hashtag checkers is how you enter. Like the game checkers, hashtag C-H-E-C-K-E-R-S. Please only enter once. Entering more than once does not give you any kind of an advantage, and it clogs the feed and makes the mods have a hard time. So let's not do that. Anyway, that is uh, the giveaway for today. I have missed some super chats. Looks like we've got one from Stephen P. 2003 Aquartics. Thanks for being you. Aww. Hey, Stephen P. Thanks for being you, man. It was great to meet you at, at the Triple Crown. Hope you and your family are doing very well. And thanks for the very generous super chat. 20 bucks is nothing to sneeze at when you're a startup company in the scaling process. That is uh, that's tender time, so every bit helps. So thank you very much. And Alexander Engelhart throwing down an Engelhart-worthy super chat. <laughs> Alexander, thank you so much. Um, automated tracker on the website, that, that is something that we plan to do. Yeah, there's other things that we want to do first, but one thing we do plan to do is have a place where on the website where customers can report their issues and uh, as soon as they do it, we'll show that counter, uh, that, that percentage at the top of the website. So that, that is something that we do plan to do. And you're right, that way we could uh, be 100% transparent and not have to go through a laundry list. Yeah, that would solve that problem. That is something that's been in the back of our heads for a while. But thank you so much, Alexander. Your super chats are always appreciated, never required. Like if, if one day you decide, hey, someone else deserves my support, I get it. 
I'll miss it. <laughs> I'll feel like I did something wrong, maybe. But uh, but I it just blows me away that week after week you have such support for me, and I see you do this with other fish tubers as well. So thanks for seeing the value and understanding that. Um, and finding a way to, to put a, uh, to repay it, I guess, when our own industry usually doesn't. <laughs> you know, anyway, I, I'm saying that poorly, but I really like Alexander's philosophy. Basically, he says there's some channels he's found that um, he knows are giving value, and he knows that if they were a gamer or something like that, would be receiving a lot more financial uh, um I don't know what you would call it, support. So he tries to reflect that in what he does. I think I'm getting that right. But Alexander, it's, it's very kind of you. Thank you. And by the way, I'm not here. Please, nobody misunderstand. I'm not here saying to all of you, hey, you guys aren't financially supporting me enough. Everyone, every time I get a super chat, it's like a pleasant surprise. There's no pressure. I, I don't mean to do that. I just, all I'm saying is when I listen to Alexander's interview uh, that he did with Rico Stan, so you can watch that on Rico Stan's channel. Um, he explained why he does it, and uh, I thought it was an interesting take on how to do it. Uh, and something that I, I take that after knowing Alexander a little bit, uh, I'm like, yep, that sounds like Alexander. That sounds logical. <laughs> um, okay, with that, I want to tell you about Congo stuff. Nothing, nothing to release yet or anything like that. It's only been a little over a week. And our quarantine period is at least two weeks, sometimes longer. In this case, it's going to be longer for most of the fish. Um, it does appear that we're finally starting to stabilize on most of the species, which is great news. Some of them are starting to color up and act happy. A lot of them, though, a large percentage of this batch came in super skinny. We call it all head. Like when a fish's skull is bigger than its body, but a fish's skull is supposed to be smaller than its body. It looks kind of like an eel. That's when you know they just were not taken care of properly on the supply side. They weren't fed enough. And so they come in very weak and it takes a lot of tender loving care to get them fat and sassy and healthy. And unfortunately they're so weak that there are significantly more losses in a shipment like this than you normally would have. So it's very nice to see that it appears we're starting to stabilize. There are several species that we've had to do heavy medications with, uh, lots of antibiotics, and just trying to help them recover because they were in such poor shape when they were shipped. So the good news is things are starting to turn around. The bad news is it's gonna take quite a while for things to have turned around and be stabilized enough for us to be comfortable actually selling them to our customers. So everyone that's waiting for cool fish from the Congo, um, most of those are going to take at least a few more weeks before they're ready. So just want to let everyone know where, where that stands. Okay, I think, oh, import coming next week. So we had an import, I, I think I talked about this with about this last week, but just super briefly to recap, we had an import coming in that the government that's issuing the CITES permit 
uh, said it would be the end of October before that that permit would be ready. So we're like, okay, great. We'll order this big order from the Congo. And we ordered um, actually a few large orders to keep our inventory up. You might have noticed uh, we have more fish for sale now than ever before. We have over 300 fish, I believe, available at dancefish.com at the moment, which is nothing to sneeze at. That's a lot of work. Now, it's so much work that there aren't fancy pictures with every listing. Uh, <laughs> there aren't nice descriptions with every listing, but we'll get there. I think, I think we'll get there. <laughs> we will eventually. But anyway, so we had all these tanks full and then we found out, I think fairly recently, I think just before last live stream that, uh, oh, they're coming the end of September instead. So they're coming a month earlier than accepted than expected. The government that issues the permit uh, got it done early. So next week, we have a whole bunch of really awesome fish coming. And we have been running around like squirrels on a wheel ever since we found out they were coming a month early. Because what that means is we have to clear all the tank space but we just got a whole bunch of fish in that we can't move because they're still in quarantine. And so it's been a logistical uh, tap dance. But as of the end of today, we finally know where everyone's gonna go and how everyone can, how we can clear all the space and how everyone be okay. And uh, so now the next few days are moving all those fish that have to move from one tank to another in order to clear tank space, cleaning all the tanks that have been emptied out and getting them ready for the, the new fish next week. So it is going to be insane <laughs> until this new import is arrived and stabilized. So we've got about, I don't know, we've got two weeks of just all hands on deck kind of insanity here. So it's been interesting. It's still fun, we still love what we do, but man, has it been busy. Um, Jedediah Gill, I think. How are the dwarf redtail eels doing? They're doing awesome. They're fantastic. And we sold out yesterday. I believe it was yesterday. So I'm sorry we don't have any more. I do plan to get more in. I did want to ask a question about that. These were sold to us as a red-tailed eel, that one of the smaller species. I think they're supposed to top out... Oh, it's been a while since I looked it up, but I think that they said are around seven inches or so. So I'm wondering if anyone that bought some that we got, what, a, was it a year ago? Several months ago, anyway. If they're staying small like we expect. Or has anyone got some that, that got bigger than seven inches? That would be very helpful to know. So thanks for uh, pinging that thought in my brain. We have a new member, the Fish Guy 5. Welcome to the Fishmonger crew. Thanks so much. Appreciate you joining up. With that, we're going to get to your questions and comments. Before we do, I want to thank my moderators for being here and for doing what they do every week. I think it's amazing that you do that. Thanks so much. And let's go ahead and get to questions and comments. Find out what's going on in your neck of the woods, everybody. The first one I can see is orange cones. I'm still waiting for my seven dozen chili rasbora that you should replace that didn't make it. Is orange cones joking? For my seven dozen chili rasbora that you should 
replace that didn't make it. I'm pretty sure Orange Cones is joking. Orange Cones, if there was actually a problem with a whole bunch of chili rasboras, that would be horrible. Uh, would you clarify? Paul Soltero. Say it ten times fast. Oleotis oligolepis. Oleotis oligolepis. Ah, oh, that's enough. You get two. <laughs> Rick May, I can hook you up. My wife just said she wanted to take another trip. Awesome. Uh, Rick, let's, let's email about that. Let me get through getting this new import in next week and give me a week or so to get it stabilized, and then I'd be happy to do that. And there's some other hobbyists that have reached out that uh, have fish for sale, and as soon as we get that new import in and stable and I know uh, how many tanks I can free up, I'll be contacting everyone back again. All right, I want to scroll down and make sure that I didn't miss something serious from Orange Cones. Well, okay, Orange Cones is joking. Okay, good. I, I thought so, but had one of those little moments of like, did I miss something? <laughs> Brian, the color. <laughs> Brian, describing the color of these checkered uh, barbs fins says rust-tastic. I love it. Yes. Rust-tastic. <laughs> Thanks, Brian. That was hilarious. That made my day. After orange cones gave me heart palp palpitations. Can't even say that word. Robert Lambrecht. Received my order of 20 happy and healthy fish yesterday. Keep up the good work. Oh, I'm glad to hear that. Thanks, Robert. I'm glad that they're doing well for you. And I always... I know there'll be a day when something goes wrong. The statistics are that, but I'm glad to hear that those 20 did well. Is it Dilamos or Dilamos? We're going to go with Dilamos. Love my new show, Denny Puffer. Yes, aren't they the best? Congo Spotted Puffers, the show Denny Puffer is absolutely fantastic. Talk about a fish that will interact with you. Be a wet pet, but stay small for sure. So show Denny Puffer and three dwarf red-tailed eels. How's your experience with those red-tailed eels? Mine are doing great, eating well, and they're really peaceful. Yeah, I think you described them to a T. Uh, the, the one thing about them is I, I don't have great luck switching them over to like dry foods, but they eat frozen foods readily, so that hasn't been a big problem. After some time, I can get them to eat fiber bites and stuff, but it's a, it's a long slog to get there. It's not their favorite. But I am so glad to hear that they're doing well for you. Kelly Foreman, love the vlog. Oh, I'm glad you liked it, Kelly. Thanks for the super chat. Always appreciated, never required. But as you know, it makes my wife super happy when people throw money at us. So thank you. And uh, I'm glad you liked the vlog. For those who haven't seen it, we released a vlog yesterday. And uh, actually took a little time to edit it up and put in some fun little, uh, they're not even Easter eggs because they're not hidden, but fun little surprises. I think, it, I think it'll be worth your time. I think it's worth 20 minutes. It's a good, it's a good toilet time. <laughs> Instead of picking up a magazine, eh, dance fish blog, worthy of toilet time. <laughs> We've arrived. <laughs> JTI, I can't wait for my fish to come in the morning. You guys rock. Thank you, JTI, and I hope you keep saying. I hope you uh, think that after tomorrow as well. I hope everything goes well. 
Ryan Hansen, the checkered barbs seem very close to size and temperament with the Odessa barbs. My Odessa barbs are my little piranhas. They nibble my finger if I dip it in the tank. They're interactive. Yeah, they're fun. I think checkered barbs are maybe just a little more reserved than Odessa's, but yeah, they're, they'll nibble on you for sure. Yep, save you a trip to the day spa, ladies. Just no, no pedicure needed. Just, just dip your hands in the, the barb tank and they'll, they'll go and exfoliate you. I guess you could dip your face in too, but you'd have to hold your breath for quite a while. Stick with the hands, maybe the feet, you know, if you're feeling adventurous. Mountaintop Puffer Keeper, would you delay the display until it's verified as a real order and customer? That could get interesting if the whole internet could report a problem without verification of some sort. Oh yeah, absolutely. It would need to be something where you logged into your account um, and could like, the, the system knows what you bought and how many, and there could be a, a, a field close to it where you could put in, if there were any losses, you could put in the number of losses, uh, like within, within a time period of, of receiving your order, something like that. But yeah, for sure, we wouldn't just uh, throw something out there without some kind of, you have to log in or you have to uh, somehow be connected to that order, for sure. JBSMM, and before I get to JBSM, the, the other thing is we have, at this point, 15 pages of notes of stuff we want to improve on the website. So not everything get, can get prioritized at once, right? So I don't know when we'll get to that. It might not be for a while. There's some big projects we're working on on the website that take a lot of time, but we will get there. At least we plan to get there. This has been something that's been in the back of our mind. I think we've talked about it on some, some live streams before that, that that's something we'd like to do. Okay, now JBSM, M. <laughs> I always have issues after doing water changes or large top-offs in my tanks. If I don't touch them, they are fine for months. As soon as I add new tap water, they're wide out and the fish seem to suffocate or have ammonia spikes. Any idea what I can do? Yes, age your water before you put it in the tank. Now, maybe you're doing that. I, I couldn't know. But generally, what I find is if people do water changes and have problems, they're putting in unstable water. So the water coming out of your tap is not stable. The municipality, if you have one, has altered it so that it doesn't harm the water system, so it doesn't harm the pipes or anything like that. So they want to make it as friendly to the pipe system as possible. There's all kinds of pressure and dissolved gases and things that change the uh, chemistry of your water when it's under pressure going through the pipes. So not only are additives put in it, but it's also been artificially pressurized and that changes lots of things. So when you open your tap and the water comes out, lots of stuff changes because suddenly it's not under pressure anymore. The chemicals, which are the additives that have been put in it to make it so it doesn't harm the city's water system are usually kind of temporary in nature and will adjust over a little bit of time. So if you take that water and let, let's say you have a python or a hose or something and you take that water and you put it right in your tank, you, you get a five gallon bucket, fill it up and dump it right in your tank. You can sometimes do that. There are places I've lived where I could do that no problem. There's other places I've lived where that could be a big problem. So 
if you're having that problem, what I would suggest is you find a, a large enough container to hold that water for about 24 hours before you put it into your aquarium. Uh, you can buy 20 gallon trash bins or 40 gallon trash cans, or maybe you just need a five gallon bucket. I don't know how large your tank is. But if you do that, and if you drop an air stone into that water, so take the water from your tap, put it in a container, put an air stone in it, turn it on, let it bubble for about 24 hours is good. 12 hours is fine, but 24 is better. And put a, a cap on it so that you don't get a bunch of evaporative cooling so it keeps the temperature decent or put a heater in there somehow keep the heat close to what you have in your aquarium let that i guess when i do it i'm i'm in a fish room or in this case a warehouse that's temperature controlled right so the air temperature is the same as the tank temperature but a lot of people need to put a heater in there to get the water the right temperature and we get that water bubbling and at the right temperature and with a, a lid on it so it doesn't uh, have evaporative cooling too much. A little gap though, so some gas can exchange. And let that go for 24 hours. And then you should be able to do a water change and add that water back with much less problem. Something else happens too though, if you don't hardly ever do water changes, the tank chemistry alters a ton. Generally it gets softer and goes acidic. You get all kinds of different parameters that build up in your tank over time if you were just to add water to it and then let it sit and not put in not do a water change for a long time so if you aren't doing regular water changes your tank parameters are likely very different from your tap water because over time that water in the tank has changed quite a bit so when you go to put the tap water in it's now not even close to the parameters of the water in your aquarium so that's something else to watch now by doing regular water changes you prevent that problem because the tank doesn't sit long enough without a water change to alter very far. But if it's been a long time since you've done it, you might want to go with a very small water change, say 10% for a couple weeks. Then if you want to bring it up after that, maybe you do 30% and then, well, 30% I'm, I mean 20%. And then if you want to go bigger, you maybe go up to 30% or something. I don't know how much you want to do, but, um, that would be my suggestions. Make sure the, the water you're putting in the tank is stabilized before it goes in the tank and is at the right temperature. Especially in the winter, because you have problems with dissolved gases in the winter when the water's cold. So hopefully that helps, JBSM. M. Scotty the Fish Freak, thank you for the donation to the Keystone Clash. You're very welcome, Scotty. I hope that event is amazing, and uh, I wish I could be there. That sounds like the kind of event I would really like. And I hope it goes smooth for you. I know what it takes to run an event. In a, in a previous life, I was a, a theater producer. I produced theater festivals and lots of productions, and I know how crazy it is to... to own event so my best to you <laughs> to you and everyone else working on that Jerediah let's see oh I already got Jerediah's question about the red tilled eels they're doing fantastic Kurt Bruttin what time do you keep your door train loaches how are they doing they're doing great 
I don't think we've had any losses. They're acting just like they should. They're fat. They're sassy. Um, it's a great batch of dwarf chain loaches. They're doing fantastic. And we keep the entire uh, fish warehouse here, the water and the entire thing, at about 79 degrees. Now, there's a little bit of variance of the tanks on the bottom versus the top, but, but not much because we have quite a bit of flow through. But yeah, they're, they're good. They're eating everything, prepared foods, frozen foods, live foods. We, if we drop a massive ore pellet in there, it'll be gone in, in short order. So they're doing great. Oh, let me show you guys a success story. And by the way, I would know if they weren't doing well because see this sticky here? Uh, here? If they weren't doing well, there would be a bunch of dates with numbers by it. That's how we keep track of any losses or sick fish or problems. But that is crystal clear. That thing is, is clean. Well, that and the fact they're right by my desk. So I know that fish pretty intimately. This is a success story. These are um, albino koi sword tails. We had a lot of losses on these. We couldn't figure it out. Finally, we did. We treated these guys with canamycin and nitrofurazone. And now they've, for quite a while now, been rock solid, uh, acting, acting happy, doing great. We were finally able to list them for sale, I think, yesterday. So every now and then, you get lucky and you're able to treat something and help it recover. Not as often as we like, though. The honest truth is fish medicine's in its infancy. And um, even when we work with aquatic veterinarians, often they can't identify what's wrong so a lot of what we do is well we'll try this did that work nope they're still not doing well okay try this other thing did that work nope still having some losses okay we'll try this one did that work nope okay we'll try this thing is that one working hey that one seems to be working let's give it a while hey look that worked like if we get lucky we stumble upon one that works so Garden Matic 81. Hi everyone, Dan's Fish Rocks. Well, that comment is short and sweet and appreciated. <laughs> My ego thanks you. <laughs> All things fish. Hey, Michael, hope you're doing well. What's been the biggest challenge operating the new warehouse versus your old setup? All the best. Hashtag breeding is pleasure. You know it. Hashtag, hashtag, <laughs> hashtag three times equals world peace. And uh, phantom hashtag Golazo. Well, there's been lots of challenges. Scaling a business is just challenging, period. So there's always this uh, tightrope you walk when you're scaling, which is when do you put resources into hiring more help? When do you put resources into more inventory? When do you put resources into more equipment and systems that will make you more efficient? You have all these options of what to do with your time and your resources. and. Always knowing which one is the right one at any given time takes a lot of thinking. It takes, thank goodness we have Random Arms, who's a data wizard. Uh, it takes a lot of modeling. It takes, if, it takes a lot of crunching data and trying to understand the data and making sure it's not full of bias and that you have stuff, stuff that's actionable. So knowing how to scale without going out of business is a big challenge. So I think, I think 
that's the general answer. But other things are, you know, this, the system that we designed, we designed trying to do the best for the fish. And as we've gone on, we found every now and then, oh, you know, we didn't foresee this would be a problem. How do we modify the system to fix for that? So the, the big ones dissolve gases in the water. Still haven't got a satisfactory uh, long-term, something that we really like to fix that problem the, as well as we would like. So that's been, a, an, uh, for sure, that's been uh, a challenge, just making sure that this big system we've designed works and finding out the places it doesn't and having to figure out how to fix them. So. I'd say those are a couple of the things. Luckily, the thing that's gone really well is the development of our, our team. We have amazing people working here. I wouldn't change a single one of them. They, they're all people that love fish. They're excited about fish. None of them are jerks. We, uh, we can have real uh, disagreements and we can have tough conversations. It's not always fun for sure and uh, or anything like that, but no one's, it doesn't feel like anyone's out just to crush someone else. <laughs> like when there's problems, we, we deal with them together. And you know, you can only do that when you're working with good people. So I would say the thing that has been the least challenge is, um, or the thing that's making it possible for us to overcome all the other challenges, let's put it that way, is the, the, the people that are here. They're amazing. Every day that I get to work with them, I'm grateful that I do. So, But I'd say it's those things. And, and just, just the sheer amount. Back when I was at my house, if something went wrong, it was easily fixable. At this scale, if something goes wrong... It's, it could have real serious large ramifications, right? It's, uh, I'm responsible for not only the employees, but anyone that's invested in, in giving us any money to help make this possible. Uh, and yeah, if something went wrong at, at my house in the basement, it, it wouldn't bankrupt me. If, if this went wrong, it would bankrupt me. Like I put everything into this. Like, <laughs> so there's, there's that little tickle always in the back of my mind, which I don't know if is unhealthy. I think that's probably a, a healthy thing to have, but uh, it definitely is not fun to have that pressure, but it's real. You know, I, I should have that pressure. So I guess those are the answers. At least that's what comes to mind right now. Uh, tomorrow could be different. T-Shot! Hey Dan, I have a planaria outbreak in my Hongsloya Pisto tank. Mom and 15-day-old babies. I'm so glad you got babies. Are they a danger to the babies? Should I treat or wait? Thanks. Planaria, I don't, in my opinion, are no danger. They're like a snail. Think of a snail without a shell. Uh, I know there aren't, but it, for practical purposes, they're a tiny snail. They eat waste just kind of cruise around like a snail. So I've never, I've never experienced planaria being a problem that I can pinpoint. Danica in Aquatics. Hey Dan, thanks so much for being part of the Fishtoberfest. 
I'm ready for the package tomorrow. Thanks, brother. You're welcome, Danny Ken. Um, I, I'm assuming this is Kenny E, but it could be Danny E as well. <laughs> but you're very welcome. Please let me know how they go. And I hope everyone arrives in good shape and helps make the event special. Those fish are amazing. And uh, hopefully they, they're a draw for you. I've never seen them before. So hopefully they get people excited. Curl Kitty 8 gifted five dance fish memberships. I did it again. I called you Curl Kitty. <laughs> oh, jeez. Killer Kitty 8 Man, I've got to fix months and months of habits saying your name wrong. Oh. Killer Kitty 8 gifted five memberships. Thank you so much. That's very generous of you. Much appreciated by me and I'm sure by the people that are going to receive these memberships. That's great. Orange Cone saying yes, her earlier comment about <laughs> like a bunch of chili raspberries doing poorly was a joke. Thanks, Orange Cones. Jeez. <laughs> okay. Chat just jumped, so let me scroll up to the top here and we'll get back. We'll get back to it. Ira Nelson is the next one I can see. My latest count was 11 Paradise Fish Fry. I keep finding more. Awesome. I'm glad to hear it. Congratulations. Hope they do well for you. And I don't know if you actually caught the spawning event itself. I know that you saw the eggs. I saw that video. But if you did, isn't that awesome? Like, it's one of the most beautiful sights in nature, watching anabantoids spawn. They're just so elegant when they do it. It's, a, it's an intimate dance. Allison Zone. Hey, Aldi. Hope you're doing well. Paul Soltero. Are you getting rads back in stock soon? Yes. I'm going to, I think, send more rads soon. We did have the, a problem with two of them. I honestly think it might have been on our end. They're so small and delicate that I wonder if, as we were netting them, we, we maybe uh, need to be a little more careful. So we, we had to talk about that today. So I think we'll be putting rads back in stock soon. Here's the, the thing with the rats. They range from about maybe a little more than half an inch to a, a little more than an inch. All the larger ones seem pretty obvious to me that they're males. I could be wrong. I'm not an expert on the Tiwa Creek uh, Radnocentris ornatus. But that's what it looks like to me. So what we're trying to do in order to get, make sure that people can hopefully get both sexes is send a few of the larger ones and a few of the smaller ones. And those smaller ones are, uh, they ship fine at that size, but they're, uh, they're delicate. So we just need to change how we, we net them, I think, a little bit. So as soon as we get that all finalized, and we did talk about it today as a company, then, then we'll put the rads back in stock. Dilamos. So name is pronounced Dilamos. Oh, Dilamos. Thank you. Dilemos. And my red-tailed eels eat extreme krill flakes. Oh, that's awesome. We didn't try that one. We only tried sinking foods. But I cheat and mix it with in while I defrost the bloodworms. Okay, yeah, so that's smart. Get the uh, essence, the allure of bloodworms into the krill flakes. Allison Zone. I'm actually Irene. Allison is my daughter. <laughs> First time ordered from you. All fish came in great and showed any puffer eight after getting him for four hours. I love it. Awesome. That made my day. Thank you. I'm glad to hear that. That's what we live for. Trying to make sure that 
when people order for the first time, they're kind of blown away. That's what we try to do. The theory is it's better for the fish, right? If they arrive in good shape like that, and it'll hopefully keep customers coming back. So long-term, it's not a short-term thing by any means, but long-term as people gradually experience that and tell their friends and they experience that and tell their friends, you know, gradually it'll, it'll grow. Orange cones. I have now 55 newly hatched Farawella Vitata happily munching away on biofilm with their 43 from August hatch babies. Holy cow, 90. Is that 90? Holy, that's a ton of fish. Congratulations. Sent you a pic to show uh, the difference of the older versus the newly hatched. Congratulations, you are the, the Farawella Whisperer. By the way, I, uh, I used your tip about using Bacter AE to help grow the Farawella fry. I'm using that to help with the autosynclus. I have some orange zebra autosynclus, the Robocop autosynclus, and I'm, I'm always trying to find new things to feed them. And so I got some Bacter AE and I put it in there and it seems to be working really well. It's not the only thing we do. We also can use spirulina powder or what's that red algae? Like, is it, is it, uh, the red algae powder or even like rapashi powder, things like that. It's something that'll coat stuff. And then they go and they, they munch it off. So the Bacter AE, uh, I think, is, is helpful for that. So thanks for the tip. You, you learn something new all the time doing this, and it's awesome. Space Guy TY. I found you out of the blue, and I'm happy I did. Your fish are amazing in quality. Oh, thanks for saying so, Space Guy. I'm, I'm, first, I'm glad that they are. <laughs> and, I, and it makes my day when people say that. Now, we also want to know if things go wrong. Please, please let us know if things go wrong. It's the only way we actually know how we're doing and if we need to improve something. But I'm glad to hear that in your case it went well. And hey, I'm happy to fall out of the blue. <laughs> if it ends up with a new customer, that's cool. Tad, uh, Tad, Chad, sorry. <laughs> you are now Tad. <laughs> Chad Titan. Do you breed any fish in house or do you have any happy accidents where the fish breed uh, on their own in the shop? Yeah, we do. Uh, right now we're breeding uh, dwarf pipe fish. You can see a little bit of that in the vlog video that we released yesterday. And let's see, what else do we have? We always have a few surprise rainbow fish that show up. Right now we have some Zephophorus milleri that are being uh, raised up. We have some uh, Philichthys quadra punctatus. Is that it? The four spot Mary Widow? Can't remember the species name for sure, but it's a Philichthys. We have a few things. It's not something that we often strive to do. Not because we don't want to. Like my passion is breeding and raising fish. If I had... I think what we're doing is important because I think this industry needs to change. But if we ever get this up and running to the point where my time is freed up a bit, then what I hope to be able to do is set up a breeding rack breed lots of cool fish and make videos about it uh showing how how i did it to share that with people like that that would that would be amazing for me that's the kind of thing i really like doing but so we but we're so busy just trying to make this work and make this change in the industry that it takes most of our focus and attention but when fish breed though 
we uh, we tend to you know all the time there's something breeding here so we we dabble we dabble I guess when the opportunity presents itself. Alishin AS. Are the Sabwa resplendent sexable? If so, do you have females available? I'm not sure if they're sexable yet. They're still not very big. I'm not seeing any real obvious. I mean, every now and then one will show a little bit of red on the nose and on the tip of the uh, caudal fin, on the, on the tips of the tail fin. And I'll be like, oh, good, we have a male. But that's the rare exception. And the rest, I'm like, I have no idea if those are females or immature males. So it's hard to know. Catherine Kennedy became a member. Welcome. Thank you for becoming a member. Really appreciate that. I I resisted memberships for so long because I didn't feel I had any value to add. And it's just, I've been blown away by, as soon as we did say, okay, we'll, we'll do it, how many people came on board. It's been awesome. Thank you to all the members. And we are still working to figure out um, the best way to add value. We, we still do want to make it so that members can see new fish and have access to them a little before everyone else. So when we get rare, cool stuff in, the members have like a 12-hour a window where they can buy them before the general public can as a reward for being a member. So that that's something that I think is tangible value. But that's something we have to code. And right now we're, we have a few other kind of big necessary coding projects that Random Arms is working on. So we will get to it. In the meantime, what I'm doing is on the members tab, if you remember, when we get cool stuff in that I'm about to list for sale, I'll, I'll put a, a notice there and say, hey, just so you know, we just listed these for sale. And it's not because I'm trying to shill to the members, it's because the, the intent is to make it so that members have an opportunity to get fish they've been waiting on. Uh, so I try to just give them a heads up. That's all it is. But eventually we want to make it so that the members actually see the new fish in advance of other people. So that's what we're kind of working towards. Anyway, Catherine, thanks for becoming a member. Appreciate it. Ryan Hokey. Just ordered two red lizard catfish. Unfortunately, my airline came off the tank. Oh, when you said airline, I was thinking like airplanes, like Southwest and Delta and American Airlines. You're talking about the airline that feeds oxygen to your aquarium. Unfortunately, my airline came off the tank while I was away from home for a wedding and I lost one red lizard cat, a clown pleco, and one of my crawfish. Isn't that the worst? When in, when there's a, a pump malfunctions or an airline does that or a heater malfunctions or something. I'm sorry, Ryan, that that happened. But hopefully the two you get from us will do well for you and we can help stock that tank back up. Ethan Foster. Hello, Ethan. Good to see you. Just got to the hospital for the baby, so... <laughs> Wait, hang on, before I laugh, this is not a problem with the baby, is it? I'm hoping this is a birth. Just got to the hospital for the baby a bit, so unable to watch her participate on live, but wanted to support, can't wait to talk soon. Maybe we'll get a chance to catch the end and then rewatch. Hey, if you've got a baby on the way, or if your kid needs care, man, best, best excuse ever totally understand take care of you take care of you but thanks for popping in good to see you my friend i hope you're doing well and uh yeah we've got that those fish reserved for you so as soon as you're able we should be able to take care of you space guy ty i have a green spotted puffer awesome i love them green spotted puffers are extraordinary fish 
The only reason I don't keep them is I don't like brackish water. Well, and they can be mean little suckers, but like one is a wet pet, that's, that's fun. Mr. B's CPDs, so nice it rhymes. Ever keep, wow. <laughs> this is a, a loach, let me. <laughs> okay, we're gonna go for it. Micronemochilus cruciatus. Let's see what that is. It's kind of loach, yes. Let's take a field trip and learn together. This is the fish that, I mean, asked about. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dwarf multi-striped loaches. They're super active shoaling fish that gets about two inches. Just picked up another 12 at my LFS. Yes, I have a batch of these in quarantine right now. The reason I didn't recognize them is I, every, I've always seen them as whatever this is with the Y. Unileus? But it sounds like Seriously Fish says that they they are not Unileus. That's what they were at on the, as on the stock list. So, Micro Nemechilus. Okay. Yeah, I have some now. I really like them. I'm just uh, waiting for them to get out of quarantine and then we'll list them. That's one I've been trying to get for a long time. So, I was really happy when I finally saw it on the list. I've been able to get rosy loaches a few times in the past. We have a nice batch of rosy loaches right now. In fact, the reason I have these dwarf chain uh, loaches right here is because I ordered the, uh, whatever that name was. <laughs> we call them the dwarf zebra loach uh, or dwarf banded loach. I can't remember. But anyway, we ordered those and these showed up instead, which wasn't a horrible thing because I really like dwarf chain loaches too. But that's this industry, man. You order what you order, you cross your fingers, and then you get what you get. Danikin Aquatics. Well, having you in the hobby is a value, Dan. Oh, thanks. Membership is just a bonus. Danikin, you made my day. Thank you. That's very kind of you to say. My ego is just lapping it up tonight. <laughs> thanks for the ego food, folks. <laughs> Not that I need it. Anyone can tell you. My ego's just fine. <laughs> Let's see here. Okay. JBSMM. Thanks. I kept adding more dechlorinators to no avail. Guess I'll have to invest in a couple drums. I have a rack of 17 tanks. Never had it, these issues before I moved into this house. Yeah. Seems like one of those water sources that just is pretty unstable. So would you let me know uh, once you try that? Would you just let me know if it, if it helped or not? I'd like to know how it went. Space Guy TY. I have a green spot of puffer. Oh, there was more. Who doesn't seem to want to eat anything hard enough to keep its beak trimmed? Do you have any suggestions? I have never kept a green spotted puffer long term. I've had a few in pet stores I've worked at and things like that in the past, but they always sold quick enough we didn't have any beak issues. Besides your normal snails and things, will they not eat snails? The way I keep puffer beaks trimmed generally is I feed rapashi and I mix oyster shell into it. I don't know if green spotted puffers could be trained to eat rapashi because I've never tried it, but I suspect they could. 
If you go to dancefish.com and scroll to the bottom, click view previous newsletters, click this newsletter on Amazon Puffers, and there's a, where is it? By the way, really good information about the diet is out there. We know what Amazon puffers eat in the wild. There's been a lot of analysis of stomach context. So right here, we talk about how uh, we feed the rapashi, how we repair it. And then there's a link to a video right here uh, that shows how we prepare the, the mixture. So we just take rapashi, mix it up, add some crushed uh, oyster shell to it. And then when the puffers eat the rapashi, they also crunch through the crushed oyster shell and it, it wears down their teeth. So that's how we do it. Our Amazon puffers will eat that. Our Congo spotted puffers will eat that. I've never tried it though with a green spotted puffer. So I'm assuming it's worth a shot though. Brian joining up. Brian, thanks for joining. Welcome to the fish monger crew. Let's monger on. Monger longer. Now we can monger longer. <laughs> Daniel McNamara, got my first shipment from Dancefish this week of the group. The Snow White Bushy Nose has shown huge personality despite its small size. Kudos to the hobbyists these were sourced from. Those Snow White Bushy Nose are always out and about. They're not hiders. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad he's doing well for you. And I think once they get full grown, they're just going to be so stunning. I mean, they're cool now, but when they get some size on them, I think that's going to be a beautiful fish. Oh yeah, so Kayla's Aquatics and, and Reptiles is linking to the Dancefish Instagram. We are pretty active on that thing. So if you do Instagram or you just want to see, you know, what's the latest, we'll, we post there fairly frequently. So it's not, not a bad thing to keep up with. Master Photographer, what is a good yellow, shrimp safe, lower tank dwelling fish? I had them with Pseudomuga illuminatus and blue Moscow guppies. Shrimp safe. Lower level. I want to say like gold gobies, but like the Mugilla gobius or the Rexagobius, I can't remember which genus it is. But they might be big enough to eat anything but the biggest adult Neocaridina or Caridina sh type shrimp. Like cherry shrimp, they might eat all your babies. Yellow bottom level shrimp safe. Are there any yellow coolie type loaches out there? It's the yellow that's got me tripped up. Yellow and in the bottom. I guess you could do like a Yellowfin Cory. Let me show you what I'm talking about. A group of these might not be bad. Uh, here we go. These are the uh, C123. They have these nice lemon yellow fins. So that might be worth one option. It's not a true yellow fish. It's not only yellow, but it has yellow on it. That's what I'm going with. I can't think of any yellow bottom dwelling fish that's small and shrimp safe besides maybe a quarry. Not off the top of my head. 
Anyone here have a thought for master photographer? Yellow fish that shrimp safe that stays on the bottom. Like if there was a a stiffodon goby that was yellow, that would be an awesome option. But I can't think of one that's yellow. It's a lot with reds and blues and stuff, but not yellow. Yeah, sorry, the yellow's got me tripped up. Morgan Whaling, do I need to add at tag Dan to get my question in the queue? Um, normally, yes, and I'll show you why. When I'm going down the chat on my side, this is what I see. And there are a whole bunch of chats here that are just back and forth between people that are participating, just friendly conversation. And so what I do is I scroll through and I look for these bright orange boxes, which is what appears to me when someone does what you're saying. So that's how I manage the chat. I scroll through and I just look for that. There's the next one I'll answer because it's bright red. It draws my attention. I know it's meant for me. And so I, I catch it. These other ones, I don't want to just read them all because it would take a lot of time and there would be dead air time. And most of these are not for me. They'll be, you know, just folks chatting among themselves. So that's why uh, it's better to do what you're suggesting or what you're asking about. Okay, All Things Fish coming in clutch, throwing memberships all over the place. Is you making it rain memberships there, All Things Fish? <laughs> T Fish. Johnny at Dance Fish. Oh. Well, that was for Johnny, but it had Dance Fish in it. So, yeah. <laughs> I'll let Johnny get that. Have you considered, asks Morgan, getting anabolips in? The four-eyed fish, anabolips? I've considered it, and then I've decided not to. I just don't think I could care for them properly while they were here. I don't have the right setup for it. To do those, I feel like what you need is kind of like a wading pool, something like that. Shallow water in it, quite a bit of floating plants. They, they kind of need a specialized setup. And what I have here is not that. I can't remember if they might do better with brackish or not. I'd have to look at, the, at that again. I, I thought maybe there was a brackish element as well, but I love that fish. Also, they get like a foot long, if I remember right. So they get fairly large. Not something I can handle. I like them. I wish I could, but where we're at in the, the life cycle of, of the dance fish business, uh, we, can't, we can't be breaking out into the side projects yet. Orange cones, ready for your close-up? When you swung camera back on you instead of the fish, yeah. Thankfully, it's impossible to take a bad angle with this face. <laughs> or each angle is just as bad, so do whatever. <laughs> yes, Mr. DeMille, I'm ready for my close-up. T-Fish, uh, also talking to Johnny again. Mountaintop Puffer Keeper, I have converted another to the puffer dark side. Wahahaha. OME more keeper with a group of 30, oh, oh, three, sorry, I read 30. Three of my palustris, I sure do enjoy getting those to others occasionally. That's awesome. Puffers are their own thing, right? I had a friend, uh, I haven't seen him in quite a while because I moved away from LA, from Los Angeles. Jeez, it's been over 10 years now. So 
I haven't seen him in quite a while, but has it been 10 years? Anyway, Art North in Southern California. I'll never forget going to his house and walking into his fish room. It was his own separate building he had in his backyard, and it was all puffers. I don't know if he had every species of freshwater puffer. He might have been missing one or two. Maybe I'm exaggerating a little bit, but the guy had so many freshwater puffers. That was his thing. He's like the godfather of puffers. And I'll never forget how cool that was. Had those and he had some betamacrostoma, I think were the fish he had. But there was something surreal and really neat and engaging about walking in and seeing all these different puffers, most of which were up at the glass wanting snails or clams or whatever. It was cool. Yeah, puffers are their own thing. You can get lost in that world. Huck, I got about 30 eggs from the mop for my Atinja Bosmani. So, woohoo! Yes, gold to you! How much methylene blue do you typically use? I typically don't use any methylene blue or any additives uh, for Bosmani Atinja. They're the eggs tend to be really tough and durable. So I wouldn't worry about it. It might be... I assume if you're asking that, that you've removed the eggs from the mop and you've got them in some small dish. What I would suggest is changing that water a couple times a day so it doesn't get stagnant and gross. So I would pour out the water, get some water from... The easiest, if the water in the parent's tank is good, is just get some from the parent's tank. The idea would be to get like nice aged, gassed off, really clean water you could use but either way would probably work that's what I would do to start if that doesn't work then you might want to try some methylene blue and I would have to read the bottle to remember the dosage I kind of go by color I kind of just know when it looks right <laughs> but I would have to read the bottle you probably don't need it though that's my guess space guy ty do you have any suggestions for food for a green spotted puffer who doesn't... Oh, I already got that one. John Yao, been watching your videos on how the fish warehouse came to be and how the warehouse is constructed. Very impressive. Keep up the great work. Thank you. I'm glad you uh, like those videos. Yeah, we, we did document that whole thing. There's a, a lot of the warehouse build is documented on Instagram and a lot of it is on the, the YouTube channel. So if folks are into that kind of thing if you want to geek out on building a fish store from the ground up the content is there and I'm, I'm glad you found that entertaining makes it worth it Jeff's Aquatics hey Dan any chance you could get any uh, Pero Autosynclus Heroldii Heroldoi Heroldoi that's what I'm going with let's see here Parautosynclus, not para, parautosynclus. I don't know that species. Uh, I know the group. Let's take a field trip and learn together, shall we? Okay, we're talking about this fish right here. Which one's that? Oh! That is cool. Hang on. Is this the one I have coming in? No, oh, maybe. No, the one I have coming in has an L number. It's a little different. I don't think I've seen this species available yet. If I do, though, that is exactly the kind of fish that I would want to bring in. 
Louis Malave. That's what I'm going. It's probably Malav, but Malave. Dan, why do my fish have these long poops even though I have treated them with Paracleanse, Expel P, and General Cure? So long poops isn't necessarily a worry. Like, we have platies and swordtails that have long, solid poops all the time. It's just because of what they eat. That's normal for that fish. Plecos can do the same thing. There's lots of fish that they just... The way their fecal matter is constructed, it's like a brick. It just can go for days. <laughs> In fact, <laughs> my kids and I made a song about it once, but that's for another time. Um, what, what was it? Oh, it went like this. Here, here's the first part. Fishy, 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 fishy. Could you tell me why is your poop so long? <laughs> and then it went from there. Um, so sometimes it's normal. If it's like white stringy stuff, that doesn't necessarily indicate parasites. It could. What that literally is is fish diarrhea. White stringy poop is fish diarrhea. Now, what could cause that? Well, what could cause that in us? Parasites, for sure. Upset stomach, eating something that just doesn't agree with you, for sure. Bacterial infection, viral infection, some kind of... I, there, there's a million... An allergy could cause it. So, that by itself is not diagnosable. All we know, if, if we're talking about white stringy poop, is that it's... Uh, that the fish has diarrhea. We don't know why. Now let's see, what did you treat with? Paracleanse. Okay, is that prosy? What's the active ingredient in paracleanse? Paracleanse ingredients. I'm, I'm imagining this is prosy. Yes, yeah, prosyquantol and metronidazole. Okay, okay, so you treated for those. Those get some protozoans. Expel P, what is the active ingredient in that? Expel P, expel, is it just prosy? Okay, expel P is levamisol, so that will treat uh, annelid worms. Annelid worms are roundworms. Uh, earthworms, for example, are an annelid worm, but so is a camelanus redworm and other you know, fish parasites. So you've done levamisol, metronidazole, prosyquantol, and general cure, which is also prosyquantol and metronidazole. So you treated with prosy and metro twice, and then levamisole. If we're talking about stringy white poop, and the fish is in an environment that is not super stressful, so we can't, you know, stress can cause that too, and it's accustomed to the diet you're feeding, and it's been there for a while, then what could it be? The next thing I think I would try, if it's been a while, those didn't work, is I would probably move on to bacterial, because you've done a pretty good job with the uh, parasite options. And I'd probably treat with canamycin and nitrofurazone in a separate hospital tank. That's probably what I would do if it was something where I was like, no, this, there's still something wrong with this fish. But again, it's, it's just diarrhea if it's white stringy poop. Don't know what's causing it. Could be lots of things.
Mountaintop Puffer Keeper. For me, I'm just happy to support with the membership. Nothing else is needed. Unless you find Kirina Tetra Odin Salvatore for me. Then I need those like I need oxygen. Yeah, I'll keep my eye out. Um, it's rough though, Mountaintop. Like, for example, the uh, Arubanesco Aruba, that we got in recently, they're great, but one customer that saw our tour of them thought maybe we got all males, right? That wouldn't do you much good. And when you order these puffers, uh, specifically the Carina Tetra Odon genus, they just kind of have common names listed and they're all mislabeled and stuff, so you never know exactly what you're going to get. But if I ever find that species from a reliable source, I will keep you in mind. Luis again. And by the way, all the fish I've gotten from you came in fat and sassy, as you say. That's the goal. That's, that's why we do things the way we do them. We want them to get you fat and sassy. And generally they do. Legion Aquatics, what schooling fish would you put in a 40-gallon breeder? Also, will pygmy quarries be fine with German blue rams in a 40-gallon breeder? Um, I th uh, I've seen some chunky German blue rams. Like, I know it's abnormal, but I've seen one that's like three inches. Ross Friedman had one that was three inches, I kid you not, a female German blue ram. So I think they could get big enough to eat pygmy quarries. So you might want to go with next size up, something just a little, little bigger. And what schooling fish would you put in a breeder, 40-gallon breeder? Legion, that is too much of an open-ended question for me. There are literally thousands, I don't think that's an exaggeration, thousands of aquarium fish that are schooling that could be put in a 40-gallon breeder. So what would be helpful is if you would give me a list and say, like, here's five or ten fish that I really like. Which of these would go well in a 40-gallon breeder? Then I could narrow it down, maybe suggest, well, from that list, these three could go in there and they could go together and it would be good or something like that. But there are so many. But generally what I like is large schools of small fish. Instead of lots of different species in a single tank, I like one or two or maybe three species, not too many species, um, but good numbers of them. So I, I think chili rasboras would be amazing in 40 gallon breeder because you could get a big school in there and get all that effect. And the chili rasboras would do really well with pygmy quarries. So that's one option. I think that platinum half beaks would be amazing as a top dwelling fish. There you go, there's your tank. Platinum half beaks on the top or tanga half beaks. Those are gonna be awesome. We have some of those that should be available soon. Dwarf and beautiful. Tanga half beaks or platinum half beaks or wrestling half beaks, one of those dwarf little half beaks. Um, chili rasboras in the middle and uh, pygmy quarries on the bottom. I think that would be awesome. The Fish Guy 5. How is the Red Congo Tetras doing? Well, we're crossing our fingers and medicating them. They're not doing great. Those are some that came in, just they were, they should never have been shipped. That supplier did not do us a service by treating those fish that way. Tamara Saroyes, will you be getting any more Sultan Pletkos anytime soon? <clears throat> Excuse me. You are sold out so quickly. I do plan to do that. Unfortunately, 
when I place this order that's coming this week, um, that's my main Pleco breeder. We had plenty of Sultans at that time, so I did not add, I did not order Sultans on this order. So I can't quite foresee the future. We're getting into the holidays. Things get a little weird. All I can tell you is next time I place an order with with uh, this supplier that breeds all my plecos, I will definitely be adding a whole lot of Sultan plecos to that order because they're amazing. All right. It's 8.17. Let's do this giveaway so we thwart the last-minute looky-lures. So this is for a group of checkered barbs. Um, depending on the size of bag they need to go in, we could be sending you three checkered barbs. We could be sending you maybe up to six. Just depends on their, the size bag. And I, I haven't really uh, sized that out yet. Well, we have. I just don't remember. <laughs> so... The winner of some checker barbs out of 170 users, 171, someone squeaked in at the last minute, is Ryan Hoke, 172. Ryan, you have won. Ryan, did you just win something recently? Or am I mistaking you with someone else? A subscriber since May of 2022. Thanks, we really appreciate that. I love how it like even has the time you subscribed. Like, to the second. <laughs> That's crazy. Anyway, Ryan, you have two minutes to chime in. Let us know you're here, because you do have to be present to win. If you don't chime in in two minutes, then we will cancel that and draw someone else as the winner. But I expect you'll be chiming in shortly. Darren Schreiber. Dan, what is the smallest size tank for an Amazon puffer? I have an apartment and not a lot of room. I, I hear you. Yeah, I remember trying to get through college, living in tiny apartments. Let's see. Is it a single Amazon puffer? I don't know. The truth is, I, I would suggest you read the article that we wrote on them. Go to dancefish.com, scroll to the bottom, you'll see a, a link where you can see newsletters. Click on that, it's at the top. One thing I learned doing all that research that I had been aware of but not aware of the importance of it is that these things tend to live in large shoals in the wild. These are community-minded fish. Now they definitely have a hierarchy, they definitely have a pecking order and all that, but they want to be in groups. So that being said, what's the smallest tank size you could get a decent sized group of Amazon puffers in? long term and I think it's probably a tank with a four foot long footprint so four feet side to side so there's plenty of swimming space and a lot of hardscape in it uh, plants hardscape line of sight blocks that kind of thing just so they can be together when they want but if someone needs to take a timeout they can go off and take a timeout so that's how I'm going to approach that Darren I, I it seems like they thrive better in groups. Kayla's Aquatics and Reptiles. Great giveaway. Hey, thanks, Bob. I appreciate that. I think so, too. Underrated Barb for sure. And good to hear from you, my friend. Hope you're doing really well. Ryan Hoke, or Hoke, let's say that because it's just more fun, is here. Congratulations, Ryan. If you would email 
hello at dancefish.com. That's H-E-L-L-O at dancefish.com with your first name, your last name, and your mailing address. Johnny will get you sorted and we'll get those to you. Thanks for being here. Thanks for participating. Appreciate it. Space Guy T-Y, thanks for the suggestions. You are welcome. Hope they at least get you started down a path that's useful to you. Brian, I may or may not have a killifish addic addition. You mean addiction. I hope you have a killifish addiction because that sounds like happiness to me. That's my favorite group of fish in the world. I may or may not partially blame you. Thanks for all the fish over the years. You're welcome. I can't think of a better thing to do than to get someone addicted to killifish. I think it's an amazing hobby, aquarium fish in general, but killifish in particular are just amazing. So you're welcome. <laughs> and Brian, if you end up breeding them in any kind of numbers, I'm always in the market for good killifish suppliers. You don't have to breed lots of different species, um, especially, you know, hobbyist uh, kind of operation, but if you breed any killifish in any kinds of numbers, please reach out to me. I'd be interested in buying them from you. So you have a ready market in me. All things fish, the time is now 2100 Central Standard Time. not so bad only 21 minutes behind <laughs> oh this is good karma's creation says for a yellow colored bottom dweller not a fish but a gold mystery snail would work yeah that would so would yellow uh like gold back cherry shrimp something like that of course you already have other shrimp in there i think though ryan yellow bottom dweller says ryan how about yellow bristle nose? Also, last name is Hoke like Coke and joke. Okay. <laughs> We're back to Hoke. <laughs> Hokey was short-lived, but it was fun. Um, yeah, that's not bad. Not, okay, so albino fish. Hadn't thought of that as bottom dwellers. Sure. An albino bushy nose pleco, bristle nose pleco. Yeah. What other fish are albino but when they're all, you know, some don't present albino. Some albino fish present white. Some present kind of a pinkish or reddish color. So, yeah, that's a good suggestion. That might be helpful. So whoever asked that question, I can't remember who it was before. Yeah, think down the albino spectrum. We have seven more minutes. That's all right. We can get through some more. Rina Mar, will a pair of L471s, that's the mini snowball pleco, do okay in a 29-gallon with a jungle and wood and rock tank has been set up for about three years? Oh, yeah. I, I think absolutely. The 471s are small. I think you could do quite a few in a 29-gallon without any problem. I, I haven't found them to be particularly aggressive. I mean, they're, they're plecos. There'll be a little battle here and there, but if you have a lot of wood and rock and places and stuff, I think you could do a lot more than one pair in there. Orange cones. And if we leave off at Dan's fish in the comment, then we can talk about Dan without him knowing. That's right. I, I won't even know it. You can say all the worst things and I won't have a clue. Ooh, the hairs on my back just stood up. Who said what? My ears are burning. What? <laughs> no, I wouldn't even know. It's, it's been, 
I used to re-watch these live streams afterward just so I could read all the comments I had missed because I, I would get a sense of everything I had missed, right? But I haven't had time to do that in a long, long time, so... Del Cantrell, what are your top three rainbow fish excluding Bosmani and why? Well, I don't think Bosmani is on my top three, honestly. I really like Bosmani. They're beautiful, but I think my top three rainbow fish. So this could change tomorrow. But as of today, I can only do three? Oh, man, you're killing me. Um, Three. I really like Melanotania Marise and I really like Melanotania Kalitawa. And the reason is they don't get too big. And they're super colorful and active. So I can go with those two. Marise, Kalitawa, and then I think maybe my all-time favorite rainbow fish is uh, Melanotania... Is it Makolakai or is it... Uh, Saulensis, but it's the Skull Creek location. It's this fish. I mean, I also like Blair Eye and stuff, but what I'm trying to think of is small rainbow fish. I, I just think that's better for most people. Here it is. It's Saulensis. These guys from Skull Creek. Let me see if I can find one with it's an, actually a, a good picture. So here you can see they do get a nice blaze. I just think they're so handsome. I like the pinstripes on them. That's not Skull Creek. That looks like Stark River to me. Anyway. Um, what the pictures don't tend to pick up, though, is these margins that look white here... Um, the Skull Creek population, they're bright yellow. You can kind of see it here. It must just be hard to pick up on camera. You can, you can start to see it here, but the bright yellow against that black submargin on the fins, everything's got high contrast, nice handsome stripes on them. I think that's probably my favorite rainbow fish. Now, I like your normal size rainbow fish too. Um, but if I have to pick my top three, it's going to be small ones. Oh, Kamaka. I really like Kamakas as well. They don't get big either, but I could only do three. Okay. Yeah, we'll do those. But if I could do a Glossolepis, it would probably, oh, could I choose? It would probably be Godoman Village. Although I really like Multiscomata and, and, uh, and, uh, the, I like the red one and the green one. <laughs> I forget the green one's name right now. Um, I said, um. So, what else? If, if For Chilotherina, Blair Eye is fantastic. Alan Iwapoga is fantastic. What did I miss? For Radnocentris, the Tiwa Creek are fantastic. I like the Tiwa Creek Radnocentris a lot. I don't know. That's my answer. <laughs> I took some liberty. I know. Two minutes. Marlin Cheech. I'm sorry if this has been covered before. Is there any future plan of possibly shipping to Canada? 
there is hope, and uh, I wouldn't say there's a plan in place. We do, there's this very vague thing that once we've got this set up and things are, are running and we can branch out, then yes, of course we want to bring Canada on board. We have no timeline for it because we don't know how long it'll take us to get to that point, and we haven't looked into it any further than that. So that's where we're at on that. Yes, we want to. It's going to be a while, though. Okay. I think that's it. Oh, All Things Fish says, are we counting pseudomugils? I didn't. I, I assumed we were not. Okay, that's it. We are at 829, so we're going to go ahead and leave this bad boy and put it to rest. I want to thank my moderators for being here and doing this every week. Hey, Chevy Fish, good to see you. Kaler's Aquatics and Reptiles, Punch of Pains, Chevy Fish, Johnny at Dance Fish, I think are the mods that were here tonight. If I skipped anyone, I apologize. But I, I just really appreciate them being here every week volunteering their time. I think it's fantastic. Holy cow, we're at 214 viewers. Folks must have been thinking the, the giveaway was going to happen right now. I want to also thank all the members. Thanks for joining up. I really appreciate it. Thanks for being part of the Fishmonger crew. Everyone that threw money at us. Thanks for throwing money at us. It really helps. We're, we're the little engine that could, and all the gas we can have to get up that mountain is very helpful. Much appreciated. Everyone that asked questions or left comments and made the chat lively, we very much appreciate you participating. If you're just lurking, I get it. I lurk all the time myself. Hail the Lurker Nation. If you're watching on the replay, hello from the past. And if you're listening to the podcast, thanks for listening. And thanks to Michael Mellier for making that happen. With that, we'll be back next week. Same bat time, same bat channel. Until then, I sincerely hope you have a great week. Oh, we won't be back next week. I will be in Denver picking up that big import. So I apologize. I should have mentioned that earlier. I forgot. We won't be having a live stream next week because I'll be on the road getting you guys some awesome fish. But the week after that, we'll be back. So two weeks from now, same bad time, same bad channel. Until then, I hope you have a great two weeks. Bye-bye. <laughs>